0: That's NOom.com dot com to sign up for your trial today.
2: What is up? Welcome to episode number 320 of On the Corner, the official pictureless.com podcast. I'm your host, David Mendelson, joined by the master of the case strut, Nick Pollock. Nick, how's it going? What is happening? The master of the case strut? Oh, I dig that whatsoever. Uh, I, I do. No,
1: completely. Not what. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's great. Uh, Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about the list today. And um, once again, David Mendelsohn is joining me on the behalf of Alex Fast, who is newly a father. It is wonderful. But where can they
2: find you, David, on Twitter? They can find me at dmendeo2. Tweet out a bunch of baseball stuff, dad jokes, and a bunch of random stuff that you probably don't care about, but we have fun anyway. But there I have know. to bring it. I have to bring it back to you for a second because when I put out the case strut, I was like, I have to ask you: Have you did you once case strut when you were pitching? Of course, in the everyone did. It's it's the greatest
1: feeling in the world when you case strut because what happens? You throw it, and then you go off the mound to the left. And you, go, you specifically go to the left because, I mean, if you're a righty, you kind of fall that way and just keep going on it. But the reason is you circle back. And by the time you get to the right side of the mound, the third baseman has the ball thrown it back to you. And that's so you get the timing of it and you just enjoy. Ah, like I've earned this moment for myself, you know? And, and it's just like you had
2: this battle where you tried and you failed and I won and everyone knows it. It's, it's an amazing, amazing feeling. Now, did the case struck come with a stare down? Like, did you stare no. down at the batter? At- <laughs> no, no, no. It's not about them. It's about me. <laughs> <laughs> never. I love- never. I don't think I've ever heard of what your, like, what your arsenal was when you pitched. Maybe Oh, I'm- I mean, it was different in high school. I had a really, really good curveball
1: then. Um, I didn't pitch my freshman year, but then when I walked on sophomore year, I didn't have the same feel for it. Um, but I was I was really two seam base inside with a fork ball effectively, and then a fosh changeup, and then I essentially threw the shootout, which is a backdoor two seamer that is a, like the reverse cutter. So instead of trying to get like the uh, the seam shifted wake um, angle on release essentially, right with the with the baseball the axis, I would go reverse and actually just ultra pronate. Uh, to get uh, some reverse action on it. And then I had like a slider later on, a curveball, but it was more like show me stuff. And uh, yeah, I, w- I was a ground ball, dude. I would just try and jam things and get ground balls to third and-, and short. So you were efficient. You were an
2: efficient pitcher.
1: Absolutely. I was the one who they said that my, my coach said I didn't start because I-, I was the only one out of the pen who could throw strikes. And I was like, that's not fair. That's not what I mean. <laughs> like it's not because- just because they're not doing great in that way. I mean, the guys obviously could,
2: but you know, I, I never liked that answer. I was like, I'm built to go deep into games, coach. Nah, you're you're kind of like, if they let you start, you could have been the Framber Valdez of the team.
1: There it is. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I never had. Well, I mean, my, in high school self, I was Framber Valdez with a big curveball. That was like the thing for me. But uh, college, yeah, I just lost the feel for it. And that's just what happens. It's okay because you get to talk about it now, which is just as good. Right? <laughs> it's totally what I did. It <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about the, uh, the full list today, you know, the top, uh, you know, the top 100 updates today. It's one of the more exciting editions of the list all year. Cause it's the first time we really get to talk about it. it's 10 days after opening day. Everyone started at least once, if not twice, and their actual changes happening. Um, but before we do, uh, we have a special, uh, special message and, uh, yeah. So this episode of on the corner is sponsored by Justin Mason. Justin <laughs> Mason is a man amongst boys. He once drafted a winning fantasy team while wrestling an alligator just to even up the odds for the rest of the league. His bathing suit and t-shirt line is considered the eighth wonder of the world and has its own section in the Louvre that is only open to VIPs. His beard has its own postal code code and David Mendelssohn works out solely to impress justin and guess what it doesn't worldwide population growth has dropped since justin mason stopped having children coincidence (laughs) i think not justin mason is elite in every sense of the way like a prime kershaw curveball he buckles the knees of every other fantasy player and analyst and we are blessed to have him sponsor this episode of the on the corner podcast thank you for sponsoring it justin I'm supposed to talk after that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was supposed oh. to do that like a month ago and every single week I would end the episode. And then he say, Hey, did you, did you put it in? I was like, ah, no. <laughs> and the next week he'd be like, so did you, uh, it'd been a month in the making. Finally I set the reminders of the whole thing. But yeah, Justin, thanks so much for sponsoring this episode. And like, you know, you get, I don't know. You guys have heard, of course, me mentioning, Hey, we're looking for sponsors for these, podcast and everything and
2: and justin reached out and effectively did so and he's awesome for doing that so thanks a lot man he's he's awesome danielle his wife is awesome the whole fantasy baseball community is awesome that's just another example of (laughs) of why everybody's so great here but i I, i'm still blown away that he put that together that is freaking fantastic (laughs)
1: if you want to sponsor the episode too please reach out to me on twitter (laughs) I there
2: yes you, you can and uh, I can't believe that Justin did. And there you go. Thank you, Justin. Justin's awesome. Uh, he's almost as awesome as the list. Mm, and wow, just gets better. Justin, he's. Lo- better. I just. I love he you, better. Justin. I love you. <laughs> but let's get started with the list. As you said, there's a big amount of changes here. That more so, like you said, ten days into the season, we're finally getting a chance to get more data on these guys and kind of see. Hey, are the are we settling into these guys potentially breaking out? Or are they you know, are we having trouble with the velocity changes? And without further ado, let's go into tier one. Let's look at Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, and Brandon Woodruff. And you got the same two up top, but Max Scherzer is now making his way into the top five here. What have you seen from Scherzer so far to bump him up to number three?
1: Yeah, it's. I think this is less about Scherzer being amazing. Then it is Zach Wheeler's velocity drop. um, Brandon Woodruff just being kind of mediocre. I mean, he got squeezed in the last start, but it's still not dominant. Brandon Woodruff, we haven't seen it. I mean, in the spring and even the beginning of the season. And then Walker Bueller has his own concerns. And I just felt, you know what? Like, I think everyone here, if you had Max Scherzer, would not be giving him up for Brandon Woodruff or Walker Bueller. So anytime I feel that way and that's strongly about it, I make a change, whether it is... Rooted in all of the logic that you want, like at the end of the
2: day, that's all that matters. And yeah, that's how I felt. So it's that simple. And you still have Garrett Cole at one, which is interesting. And I know that the strikeout stuff has still been somewhat there, but through two starts, a five five nine ERA, uh, he's been giving up his max EV right now at over one hundred eleven miles an hour. Is bottom seven percent of the league, so he's getting up some hard hit balls and. People can bring up, you know, potentially with the sticky stuff last year, and I know his numbers weren't as bad as it seemed. But are you at all concerned about keeping him at number one? Nah. I, I mean, I think the
1: skill set of, of Garrett Cole is still fantastic. Uh, I'm not really worried about this. The slider has a ton of whiffs on it. You know, the four seamer hasn't gotten as many. Uh, but, I mean, really, it's just like a bad inning to start the season. And that's really what has brought those numbers up. I actually... I said this today on the Twitch stream. I've said this a lot. Generally, when I make the list, I might surprise a lot of people that I generally don't look at what their season-long E-Ray whip is um, because ultimately that's stuff in the past and um, what their stuff, how it's been working and what they're trending in the direction of and everything is to me more important than just, oh, well, he has a 470 e so I'm going to put him lower on the list. That just doesn't compute with me um, considering that this list isn't actually about what's happened so far it's about what's going to happen and i think a better indication of what's going to happen in that way is how the repertoire has been working and um, what trends have been more recently than that so i had no idea that it was an over five year it makes sense what was it two i think two starts of uh of 300 runs each so yeah that makes sense like let's say you went six innings for both that'd be a 4.5
2: so it wasn't that and there you go but yeah we, everyone knows scare fine yeah and i mean to, to your point his xfip is 3.86 so it's fine era medic it's basically showing there's going to be some regression going the other way here. Uh, the only troubling thing I saw is this case per nine right now is actually under nine. It's 8.38. Yeah, it's maybe it's the lack of innings or, but don't, yeah, don't worry about it. Ain't no thing for Garrett Cole. Nick's not worried. So why don't we then move to the next part of the list here? And let's go to tier two, Sandy Alcantara, Robbie Ray, Joe Musgrove, Logan Webb, and Kevin Gaussman. So there's, Two parts of this tier that I need think we need to talk about, and that's the first part. Robbie Ray, you actually raised him up to the seventh starting pitcher on your list, three spots, even yeah, after I, his two troubling. I starts. didn't, I
1: didn't raise Ray. I had to lower Wheeler, I had to lower Arias, and I had to lower mm-hmm. Bieber. And people will say, "Wait, Nick, you lowered those guys so essentially for a lowered velocities." You now the issues. I you know a week ago I sat here and said I'm not going to touch any of these guys until the end of April. And here I am being an idiot and and changing them. And it's because I feel with certain pitchers so far, I'm like, look, no one here is actually going to adhere to that. No one is really going to treat Bieber as if nothing is going on. No one's going to treat Wheeler as if nothing going on. And I, I, I am not going to just play off that act because of something I said a week ago that just doesn't make any sense. Now, with Robbie Ray, there's a much better excuse to be like, well, hold on. It was the worst weather for both of those games. And it's two starts in, and, and he's still able to make things work. Like results wise, the stuff was actually like, okay, fine. I'm going to like two starts, give him the benefit of the doubt here. He's still in this very good situation with Seattle. They're letting him pitch a lot, much better. And we'll talk about Shane Bieber and Julio Rice, why it's different for them than is Ray. But it's why I effectively didn't touch Ray. I just moved the other people down.
2: Now, if Ray goes out there, I believe he makes his next start at home. If Ray goes out there in his next start and puts up similar type of production, are you then going to be concerned?
1: Well, it's not pr- production. It's, or I should say. Or is he stout, the, still down like a tick or two on yeah, like velocity the, and not getting the slider? Risk? I'm a little concerned. I, uh, you know, it's more so again about is he, do I believe he's going to ramp back up with that velocity? Um, but I, I do remember last year he needed some time, not velocity-wise, but to at least get into his groove. He needed three starts to do that to so get to in the proper groove that we saw. So I think with a guy like Ray, we got to give a little bit more time to. But again, I'll talk about the other reasons why
2: the other issues are more drastic than what I'm seeing with Ray. Yeah, the velocity is down right now three miles per hour so far through his first two starts compared to last season. And one thing I just noticed looking into his profile a little bit more, his zone percentage is up 10% this year. And his chase percentage is down 11% this year. So he's throwing a lot more pitches into the zone, getting a lot of zone swings over 80%. And then just his zone contact right near 79%, which is the highest it's been since 2018. So, you know, people are putting more swings. He's not necessarily getting those same chases that he maybe did in the past. And uh, again, maybe that's just something with the cold weather and, and just things will kind of get back to how they were last year over time. But I'm definitely keeping my eye on his next start. Uh, but the other guys in this tier, Joe Musgrove, Logan Webb, and Kevin Gosman, all kind of round out the top 10 here. And I have to say, Logan Webb, for the people like myself, who very much was not buying into what I saw last year to spend a top 25 pick or top 25 pitcher pick on him, he's making me look foolish. Eight oh, innings, yeah. uh, shutout ball. He's <laughs> he looked fantastic in his last start. What did you see from Logan Webb? I mean, yeah, it's it's just confirmation
1: of like, no, this is who he is. Um, and I, I, will, I will say this, I, oh, there are so many problems right now with a lot of the top 20 guys from the preseason that it makes Logan Webb stand out that much more. You know, you have four guys, Chris Sale, uh, Jack Flaherty, actually five, Chris Sale, Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, and Jacob DeGrom on the IL. So instantly, you know, we have him at 20, Logan Webb's at 15. Okay, then you got Wheeler, then you got Burrios, then you got Arias. Okay, there's another three. Then you have already at 12, right? And then it's, okay, well, Charlie Morin wasn't looking so hot, and then Max Fried um, has gone through uh, some issues himself, and then now he's at 10. You know, that, that's kind of what's going on here. Less of like, oh, I need to just jump up Logan Webb. It's the dominoes falling. It reminds me of the Plague of the 16 that I called it back in like 2015. <laughs> where that all the top 16 guys just i uh, just were terrible. Um so that that's that's kind of what's going on with Webb. It's less of like I need to put him in the top 10. It's more of oh, Logan Webb is oddly one of the few that I really trust right now to just go out and do the thing that all of these guys were supposed to do.
2: Yeah, and kind of talking about what these guys were supposed to do that leads us perfectly into this next tier. And in this next tier, you have Carlos Rodon, Shane Bieber, Julio Urias, Charlie Morton, Alex Fried, Alec Manoa, and Justin Verlander. And you touched on two of the guys in this tier, I think, that we need to talk about in Shane Bieber and Julio Urias, who have both dropped some in your ranks here. And they have not looked great through this first couple starts. Now, why are they different than Robbie Ray? Right. So uh, Shane Bieber's
1: RPM on this curveball is down 400 RPM. <laughs> Uh, In both of the starts, too. Like, one was really bad weather, one was normal weather. And seeing the same difference is just, wait, okay, hold on. And this is something I was saying a lot in the preseason that I was hopefully getting over, and I'm not anymore again, was in the first couple months of the year, Shane Bieber's fastball was a detrimental pitch to him that led to a 120 whip. Like, he wasn't, here I am not quoting whip and stuff, but no, that's just... It resulted in that, like it wasn't an ace. He was struggling a little bit. Yes, he had all the strikeouts, but it wasn't quite you know, primo Shane Bieber. Then he gets hurt, and then the sticky stuff crackdown happens right after he gets hurt. He comes back at the end of the year. He had two essentially rehab starts in the majors, but the fastball command wasn't good. Everything was kind of wonky and off and I was just saying, no, everything's going to be fine. He's going to have a healthy offseason. You know, I was a little bit down on him relatively, but I was getting warmed back up to it, feeling like I was the odd man out and being ridiculous. And yeah, that's kind of what we've been seeing paired with the same velocity drop. And this isn't like the assumption that Shane Bieber is just going to be amazing again. I'm not making that. And to see these other guys, Musgrove, Webb, Gaussman, Gordon, even... Um, even if we obviously better than those guys, but the injury stuff, and I just have to lower him. But Bieber is just, I, I can't ignore this, that like those guys are just doing, they're getting it done and their stuff is locked in. They're working and Bieber's isn't. And that's concerning. And then with a it's three ticks down in the fastball going from like 95 to 92. And I don't think it's it's, it's, it's okay as it is with Ray, which is more like two and a half ticks or so. And I'm willing to say like, okay, there's like more of a reasoning for like he'll get ramped back up Julio Reyes pitched um, this is three starts for him including spring training and he pitched 200 innings last year and it makes all the sense in the world to think that combined with the regular season in the playoffs at 200 innings he's a little bit tired and slower and I and it affected him so I'm I'm scared a bit of both of these guys but I need to realize like look I maybe I'm overreacting to the first two starts so they're still at 12 and 13. Like, I'm not saying, guys, drop them for, you know, uh, for Merrill Kelly or something like that. Like, trade them away. I'm not saying that. But I have to put this in now, this showcase. Look, if I were drafting today, I'd rather have Joe Musgrove.
2: Yeah, I mean, just going to Julio Rise's stat page, you need to make sure you put a code on. It's very blue, very ah. cold. And I'm curious, Nick, do you think... Could there be some type of effect with somebody like your eyes who goes from such a huge inning jump like he did last season? The following season, there being some type of hangover effect where maybe the, they lose some of velocity just because their arm wasn't used to throwing that many innings and they start developing a, a dead arm or whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, Freddie Peralta hasn't looked great so far uh, early this season. Is there could there be an effect? Well, I wouldn't. I
1: wouldn't say that's Freddy Peralta as much because it was about 145 innings for him last year, and it would surprise me if that really was the main problem for him. I, but I, it's, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I it could easily be the the answer for this, right? It, it could absolutely be how Julio Reyes just isn't as good right now, and he's being affected by it. So we'll see what happens. I'm just hoping that you know he turns it around slowly and steadily. And he's all good. How high can Alec Manoa go up this list? Oh man, so far he could, <laughs> he absolutely could, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I the the thing about Alec Manoa is the no third pitch, like the changeup kind of shows up, but it doesn't. It's not really like that overwhelming of one yet means that he needs to get all the strikes with fastballs and and sliders and he doesn't do it nearly as consistently as I want like I want to see like a 70% four seamer from him a strike rate and we're not quite there yet but if he does then he can become like you know Joe Musgrave and
2: such like he could be a top 10 guy he definitely could before we get into tier four we're going to take a quick break. All right, right, let's, well, let's take a look then at Tier 4. In Tier 4, we have Freddie Peralta, Frankie Montas, Chris Bassett, Zach Wheeler, Shane McClanahan, Aaron Nola, and Trevor Rogers. And so, Justin Mason joining us all of a sudden. Oh, that's a professional <laughs> podcasting right there.
0: What's happening, Justin? <laughs> How you guys doing? Oh, this You know, how's it feel to sponsor a podcast? It feels pretty good. I, I can't wait to listen back and hear it. Um, it's uh, it, it's fantastic. Um, I I think I want to do maybe like a monthly sponsorship mm. of this of this podcast if you let me. We're we're here for it, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love it. How are you, you going to top
2: what you just said? Because I I, know. Was, I didn't know what to, how to even respond to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm an idea guy, and I'm I'll, I'll come up with more ideas. Sure, uh, sure, so, sure. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, <laughs> let's let's talk about this tier here. Um, I think the
1: one piece of pushback I got the most, and it was just really, uh, I, it's something that I wrestled with a ton for this, was here I had Zach Wheeler at number four, and I had to put him down to 21 because he's throwing three ticks slower, not only yesterday, it was even slower than the debut of the year. And
2: what would you do, David Mendelssohn with Zach Wheeler? I mean right now you have to wait it out. You spent top 3 round draft capital on him, top 2 if you drafted early, and he's a guy last year. I mean Nick, you talked about him all off-season just how great some of his stuff was. And to me, I know we're talking about all these guys 10 games into the or you know 10 days into the season. I think someone like with his pedigree what he showed you last year, you have to, to stick with him. You can't just try to sell him right now. You got to just try to write it out at least I would for another couple starts. And then you can kind of assess and say, Hey, maybe there's something off here compared to last year. Maybe Mm. injuries slowing him down more than we thought. Maybe there's just something not right. Uh, But for right now, I think you got to just believe he's going to look like he did last year. What about you, Justin? What do you think?
0: I I tend to lean towards you. I mean, I'm definitely concerned. Um, And I had him ranked just as high. And then we had the shoulder news that came out and I dropped him outside of my top 10, um, and kept him there even when they said he was coming back. We have to keep in mind he didn't get a full spring training, and nobody got a full spring training, but he really didn't get a, a full spring training. And so this just may be a matter of he's taking it easy on the first time out, and maybe we see an improvement in the velocity in the next start. I, I definitely want to see one more start before I start panicking, but internally I'm screaming. Yeah, so that's um, the thing though. So that because internally
1: you're screaming. And I like, I I had to put him at 21. I guess that's like my bigger question here is, was that the right move to 21? And regardless of if I negative 17, that's, that's about past me. And you can yell at me then (laughs) go back and do that. All fair to say that I, but putting him at 21. And again, that's sandwiched between Frankie Montes, Chris Bassett, and then Wheeler, McClanahan, Nola Rogers. Should he be still up there? Uh, or is this... Yeah, this is kind of right. Would you say that, Justin? I think I would.
0: Um, mm. Yay! Yeah. I don't, I don't Got think there's do right. anything wrong. Um, I, I think once you get past the first tier anyways, there are question marks on a lot of guys. Um, and so you're kind of picking and choosing what question marks you want to take seriously mm. and which ones you're willing to overlook because you like other aspects of a, a person's skill set. So... Uh, I don't have an issue. I mean, you know, wh- the guy who might be like my number 11 starting pitcher and the guy who might be your number 25 starting pitcher may not really have that big of a difference mm. in terms of overall production. We're, we just got to kind of pick nits sure. in those early tiers.
1: No, 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 no. I prefer Nick Pitts. Nick Pitts. <laughs> Love those Nick are my Pitt. favorite. You know, they're really good. I got to say mm-hmm. high quality, high quality. Yeah. Um, and I just want to thank you for, you know, rationalizing that doesn't matter where I put these guys on my list, you know, it's just, you got to pick it on your own. You got to pick it on your own completely. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not, I don't even want to talk about my list. I just want you guys to, to talk about it now. Um, but, uh, Aaron Nola and Trevor Rogers, should they, should they be farther down here? Are you, are you treating the same one like Zach Wheeler? Do you have more faith in them? Uh, did I rank them right at 23
2: and 24? Well, I wanted to first also say with Zach Wheeler, if you right now, you look at his zone swing percentage, it's 54.4%, which is by far the lowest of his career, but his zone contact is 92%, which is way above the major league average and uh, 91.9% zone contact with the lowest zone swing. So that's something to me. That's like very much. I don't see that Mm. continuing. Uh, I don't know if the pitchers are just seeing him really well and they, they're only swinging when they see a certain pitch. Uh, but I, that's, that was something when I just looked into his profile a little bit more, I was like, there's, there's something that's going to change there. Cause that can't stay that way. Um, but as far as the other guys go, I'm a little more concerned about Aaron Nola than Trevor Rogers. And I know Trevor Rogers, there was a stretch last year where he didn't quite look the same, but He's he's a guy that I think is young. You saw him do it for most of last year. With Nola, I'm still concerned about that defense. He's given up a ton of home runs. And I think for somebody that uh like Aaron Nola, who has been always been very spotty. He has stretches where he's good and somewhere he's not. I'm a little more concerned about him because he's against somebody that hasn't been consistent. Trevor Rodgers is still so young and he's just having a rough kind of start to the season. I think he has a better chance to turn around, but I, I do think you have him in the right spot. Uh, what about you, Justin? What do you think?
0: I'm a little bit more concerned on Rogers after the last start and the velocity being down than I am on Nola. I think Nola is going to be fine. The defense is definitely concerning, um, but the defense was concerning last year. Uh, uh, you know, pitched really well in Colorado today. I made the gamble and threw him in my main event roster just because I didn't have a whole lot of other options and, Um, gave up one home run in the six when he probably should have been pulled already. Uh, I'm not super concerned about Nola, even in his bad seasons, he's still been pretty good uh, with the underlying numbers. Rogers is a guy I really like coming into the year. I still really like him, but little concerned with the velocity drop in that last outing and how he got batted around. Um, So definitely want to see some more, but again, so early in the season, like I don't want to overreact to things and like say oh you know this guy's done or this guy should be dropping a ton like yeah well it's it,
1: that's the thing though it's not necessarily about he's done or not we're just adjusting it a bit to say like hey we gotta uh, the thing i have to avoid the most on the list is minus 30 minus 40 yeah you know that's that. that's the that's the thing yeah. is that so if i stick to my guns i'm like well that's not fair because then when is the point that I say, all right, now he's terrible or something right when he is, you know, it's all about like, when is a grain of sand, a heap of sand? How much sand does it take? You know, you can't, you can't just suddenly do it. You have to gradually get there. So it's a, it's a hard process. It sucks that Wheeler is had two starts now of this depressed the velocity. That's the situation there. Aaron Nola, it's more about the fly ball rates still being kind of bad. I mean, the grounders were a little bit better last time before today. I haven't seen today's start yet. That was my first. I didn't realize that it was done already. Um, Good to hear. I I mean, they they just pulled uh, yeah. okay so i mean of course they allowed another home run before he got pulled it's like oh he hasn't allowed a home run yet so let's keep he, him he in was oh here it is goodbye nine
0: through five and oh and man gave up a uh, shot and
1: by the way if you watch the new youtube video we do which is a fantasy, uh pitchless fantasy baseball update you'll hear me say i was going to start nola and Coors. so yay i am so happy go watch that on youtube it's every weekday morning now That's you great. guys have
2: more cojones than i do
1: <laughs> I, would have been, I would have been real scared to start in there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a it's a very weird thing, but it's like that's why he's still top twenty five though. If I'm not if I'm not taking that chance, honestly, then it's like well then I'm probably pushing him to the thirties or so, right? At a sixty nine percent ground ball percentage today. Hey, that's better. Way better, much better. So, all right, all right. Well, stick around for one more tier, Justin. One more tier.
0: All right. I didn't even do year. my own podcast today because I wasn't feeling well, but I joined you. Oh,
1: sorry you weren't feeling well.
0: well let's you know what's going to make you feel better
2: Justin let's talk about Dylan Cease because he's in tier five no Clayton Clayton Kershaw Dylan Cease Jose Barrios you Darvish Luis Severino and Pablo Lopez uh Justin what do you think of Dylan Cease should he be higher than number 26 on his list because uh I've been I've you know I'm a big Dylan Cease guy He's done nothing to deter me from wanting to just keep moving him up. Nick is is staying the course right now. Well, how do you feel about Dylan Cease?
0: I think this is fine. Again, like I think you can you can nitpick a little bit here and say he deserves to be in the tier above, um, or in your case, three tiers above. Uh, <laughs> but like I mean, he still can be inconsistent, not just from start to start, but from pitch to pitch. Uh, and there is some risk there. And I, I don't mind him being in this tier. Would I put him above Kershaw? If we're talking long term, I'm putting him above Kershaw. Um, you know, and probably putting him above some of the other guys, uh, maybe in the tier above that have some injury risk here. Maybe like Zach Wheeler. I think there's uh, is a, is a really good argument. Um, that being said, like talking about guys who are conceivably your SP2 um, in a 12 team league. You want a guy who you can feel really, really confident is going to return the kind of value you drafted it for. I don't know if we're there yet with Cease. I think there's still uh, some inconsistencies on a pitch-by-pitch and uh, outing-by-outing basis.
1: Ah, yes. Yes, that's right. Um, And I will be the first to tell you that Kershaw, his command the 6th and 7th of his not-perfect game that was perfect, was not good. And he certainly was slowing down, being laborious by the end. It's not like Kershaw is just the greatest. You know, he's not the ace that's always going to ace from like 2012 or something. Um, that said, Dylan C. still has the same question marks. He's, like, he's the same guy still to me of, I don't know if, he's, if his whip is going to be below 120 when all is said is done because he still walks guys. It's a 12% walk rate right through his first two starts. Uh, his, his pitches themselves are not uh, developed enough yet. The four-seamer and curveball command is not finished it's i haven't seen anything really that different from last year he had starts like these last season we've only just seen two now i don't really think much has changed there was a temptation to push him and kershaw above nola and rogers for example um so essentially it's the same kind of idea but at the end of the day i kind of felt you know what i do believe nola and rogers will turn this around so then why would i put cease above that um, and I just think they both have gone in different directions at the moment, but they're going to be intertwining like a double
2: helix a bit. So, yeah. uh, these exactly. below. And you'll see like, too, that Dylan sees is throwing his slider a lot more this year too. Last year, he threw his slider out 30% of the time, thirty and a half and half percent of the time. Now it's up to nearly 42% of the time. He's pretty much been going slider, forcing fastball over 82% of the time this year. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's been working pretty well. And I think the one thing with Cease is you're right, Nick. Like, the walks are bad. You know, it's starting out to over 12%. Last year, you cut it down to, like, just a little over 9%. But the thing with Cease that I feel very confident in, more so, is I don't think he's going to be blown up. I think he could potentially be wild to where he doesn't last long into a game. But I feel like the days of him getting blown up where like every third or fourth start, he might have, like, a six-earn run outing. And then the next game where he pitches, I think – I could see more of like, hey, he he pitched three point one innings, four earned runs, and just he didn't have any control. That's to me is what I'm. I feel like it. And I mean, again, from his K numbers to you look at the spin just on his pitches too. He has up more. He has more fastball spin this year. I just feel like he's still progressing to where. I don't see as much of the blow up potential but you maybe you're, you feel differently yeah no I mean I, I feel the last, exact
0: opposite by the way yeah oh, yeah
1: last oh
2: last 14 starts
1: uh, to your credit last 14 starts of last year he just had one start above three and runs but no I mean I, I called him the premium cherry bomb um, and that's it's like him and Darvish are just like this uh, it's actually really funny after just speaking of darvish who's right uh, right below cease. Uh, after the seven or 9 earned run game of 1.2 innings, I even yeah. said, like, just keep starting, Darvish. It's this is what happens. It's fine. And he has like a 0 earned run game. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, all right. This is the life. This is what you chose. And I feel just because Dylan sees how that these two starts doesn't mean that he's removed from it yet. Uh, it could be better than it was in the first half. Like, it could be more the second half than the first, but no, we're going to see some
0: of those. Yeah. Because he, because he struggles with command when he walks too many guys, it's not going to usually be solo home runs that he's given up. It's going to be two and three run jacks. Um, and so that becomes the major problem with a guy like Cease. I think he's the opposite of, of Nola. Nola does so, uh, such a good job of limiting base runners and then gives up the home runs. Uh, it's going to be the opposite. You're going to have a guy, guy who's got too many men on base and then gives up the jack. Uh, he's going to have those starts where he's unhittable and he, you know, he's going to get away with, you know, making poor command decisions. Uh, but there's gonna be games where people take advantage of misplacement in the zone and, and take them yard.
1: You know, I before you leave, Justin, just wanna let you know that Caleb Smith is not in the rotation anymore. In case you were really thinking about this a lot. <laughs> can can
0: we get some Sarah McLaughlin music playing <laughs> right in the background? I don't I don't sing well, but um... Uh, uh, so maybe Mendy can, can. I'm surprised
1: can, uh, you didn't call yeah, fast to let man. him know during the sleeper in the bust
0: podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I figured it. I didn't want to risk waking up Zelda. Yeah, uh, right. In order to uh, to gloat. Uh, oh, but uh, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it when he's off of paternity.
1: Absolutely, Justin. Thanks for thanks for stopping by this week on the on the corner podcast. That's
0: uh, Thank you me. for having me. Thank you for allowing me to sponsor this episode. <laughs> Uh, like i said i can't wait to go back and listen to, to the read of it so
1: <laughs> absolutely be well justin love be you man, man justin Take care, guys. see
2: it all, all right. right mandy it's just us now back to business here we go and let's go to tier <laughs> that was six awesome. i love justin justin's the man he is the man <laughs> and we're gonna make him proud in this tier so zach Gallen, tyler molly patrick sandoval nathan evaldi logan gilbert Shohei otani Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, Ty Lord McGill, Joe Ryan, Matt Brash, Sean Mania, and Michael Kopek. So this is a big tier. And there's a lot of intriguing names in this tier. Yes. We, so, we, we lost out on Ty Lord McGill supposed to start today. We and lost we lost start. out on talking about what these tiers are
1: called. And this one is called a uh, Super Fun Time. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's just super, super fun time. And, oh, man, I had a, wait, oh, God. I wrote down another tier name, and I don't know which one it was for. And I think it was for the Zach Wither one. It was really good. I just want to say it. Tier four was supposed to be the cold and the beautiful. And oh, I love it. I, I thought it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my, and Bassett. All right, so good. And McClanahan just did great today. He had nine strikeouts. I was before this, but he's still really good. Bass has been like the Wheeler of last year, essentially. Uh, Montes, after his first start, has just looked great, and but then the other guys are cold. So I was like, "All right." Anyway, <laughs> this one's called Super Fun Time. Um, I wanted this to be even a longer tier, and I really wrestled like every single week when I do this. I, when I do this live. If you don't, we're not watching on Twitch. What are you doing? I just go to Twitch.tv/slash list. I'm doing it nine to eleven a.m. every morning. I'm also live streaming the creation of the list at one p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, every single Monday. So definitely come by for that. And you'll see me wrestle because it starts around here. And there's like the jaws of the beginning and the end, or like those get finished first. And then just trying to figure out like 35 to 70. Like, what do I do with this? And cause that's what, you know, Spore would call the the glob. And now this was going to be like a massive, massive, massive tier, but I had to put the, the end somewhere. Cause I mean, all these guys are great. Like wood, Cobb, McGill, Brash, Ryan, Mania, Kopech. I mean, this is all the fun. And I hope, oh, for your sake, you got some of these guys.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tons of great, young, exciting pitchers. And I think the best part is when you see they're starting, just to see if they're going to continue what they're doing. Like Joe Ryan looks like he's going to be the legit ace of that twin staff. Matt Brash, I know uh, on Eno's Stuff Plus numbers, he's right the best slider in the game, uh, according to his numbers. Like. You know, there's so much excitement here. Is there one pitcher outside of Ty Lord McGill that you just really are like, I got to talk about this guy? Oh, I mean, it would be a negative. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is supposed to be a positive. Team. I know, I know. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, there's some reds here. There's like Kopek, And I'm realizing that I don't know how much I trust the fastball command to catch up. Um, I will also say about Brash, I'm moving him up. But, you know, if you remember last week, uh, I was saying, hey, I think he's going to be good but like there will be those times he messes up because he doesn't throw enough strikes and what do you know he threw 51 percent strikes with his fastball and walked six but he's still only around two runs and two hits and as i think brash eventually can develop just like throw the ball in the zone man do the robbie ray method it's fine <laughs> um but kopek i do have a little bit more worry especially considering now it's 95 and not like the 99 when he first came up, came up it was 97 in the pen and now it's 95 and it's like well okay i uh, but who else might want to talk about i mean it's all negative my god logan gilbert he hasn't gotten his secondaries done yet like i didn't move him down i was actually kind of tempted to to put him underneath joe ryan because the slider and changeup have not arrived like we thought they did he's had to good results but i don't think the underlying numbers or the underlying performance of those pitches is what we want them to be um I don't know. I mean, everything else is looking at Joe Ryan's doing great. He has the increased velocity back. That's cool. Sean I is getting whiffs on sinkers. Despite being 91 and not 93, he got 10 out of 40 sinker whiffs, which is 25%. 25%. Yes. That's a really good. Swing strike rate on your sinker. Uh, so
2: yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super fun tier. I love all these guys. And Sean, I'm going to look into her. Has he changed anything since he went to San Diego? Because with, very much with Oakland, I felt like he was a bunch of a hit or miss type of pitcher where mm. he would look great one start and then the next start he didn't look as great. Obviously, his velocity is a big part of his his game because yeah. if he's under 90, he's going to get hit. Uh, but he just looks to me like a, his confidence. I don't, I don't know if it's I'm, I'm looking through right now kind of just his pitch mix and his stuff still throws the sinker. Uh, this time it throws it out. I mean, pretty much as far as his pitch mix, it's the exact same as last year. Yeah. I, I imagine that San Diego Padres haven't like touched it. They got like two weeks ago.
1: They're like, all right, man, just pitch, please. Cool. Thanks. You know, it, it's not anything that we can really pull from at the moment. Uh, but yeah, velocity is there. We were a little bit worried in the spring that it wouldn't be, but no, it's 91. That's fine. Uh, and yeah, it's a good situation. He's in now. So
2: keep rolling with him. That's right. And we'll roll into this next tier. And we have Framber Valdez, Andrew Heaney, Jesus Lazardo, Tariq Skubal, Ian Anderson, Hunter Green, and Tristan McKenzie. So, what do you have as the name for Tier Seven? Because there's a lot of interesting guys in this one. Oh man, I'm gonna call it the Velvet Rope, um, because I want them like
1: to cross it, but they're right at it, like they're at the front of the line next to the Velvet Rope, you know, and they're just kind of waiting to be ushered in like confidently. Because, Jesus Lizardo, we love this, but are we so sold completely after one start? I can't be. Uh, Andrew Heaney, I was so out on. And then he has two starts, two, where <laughs> he has an elite slider with elite command on it. And then one start with elite fastball command and the other one not so much, but good enough. And that's Andrew Heaney. And Andrew Heaney is essentially, to me, kind of like a mini Dylan Cease in that way now. Because oh. he has, he has an elite secondary pitch. And that's just a question of like, is this fastball going to be good enough, really? And you know, sure, he doesn't have the changeup and curveball that sees does, but does it really matter with sees? Not really. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, kind of the curveball, but with Andrew Heaney, though, I don't, I'm, I don't know if we can believe that he's just this for the entire year now. Um, with Scooble and Anderson, man, oh, I think, I think no one is reacting enough to what Ian Anderson did over the weekend. Think about a week ago or not even just like on Tuesday or Wednesday last week, you're what you were feeling about Ian Anderson. You're like, oh, all of my, all of my doubts I had confirmed. Right. I mean, that's what it was. And, yeah. and like, what does he do? He goes out there and has the best changeup game I've ever seen from him. The most precise pitch he's ever thrown. Like this changeup used to be all over the place. I used to say this fastball and, and changeup were like uh, Lucas Giolito, where it'd be a Nile of fastballs and changeups down the middle, right? And this one, it was all down away from left. He's perfectly put right around the edge of the zone, and he dominated. One walk in that game, and it just just like that, it all switches around. And I just hope that that is the sign. Uh, of future stuff but I have my In you know, my rule of the first star Is an exception the second one is a suggestion The third one's confirmation and maybe I'm reacting too strongly to this But that was just so good that I'm Really excited about that and you know hopefully He does that again um, and Tarek's School, But then all of a sudden I showed up with a slider and threw it like 40% Of the time and was amazing with it after throwing it about 10% the first time and oh Great thanks Tarek where was this before
2: You know so it, it's a, It's a fun anticipation uh, Tier here do you think Terek Skubal, is this something that you can trust from him? Because I feel like pretty much ever since he's come up, he's been someone that's been very spotty as well. And I just I feel like the Tigers in general haven't developed their pitching to where I have somebody I feel like I confident they can run him out every single time, mm. every fifth day. And I'm confident that they're going to deliver what they're supposed to be doing. I don't get I don't know if that's just the staff. I don't know if that's just the pitchers in general. I find myself not necessarily buying into Scooble. Do you think that this is a sign of what could be to come for I uh, In this tier, is
1: there anyone that you truly trust? Trust is a strong word. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is Val does maybe, but that's because you're, you're, you're waiting that without the same ceiling. I think as some
2: other guys in this tier, like I know Andrew Heaney is like going to hurt me again. Right. Like he he's trying to suck us in, and he's gonna do the same thing. I know, but like, there's just something different. I don't know if it's just now that he's with the Dodgers and they have him throw the sweeper, and the sweeper's made that much of a difference in his game. I mean, the sweeper it's been huge. It, it, technically, it's it's a you know the pitch itself. Uh, he didn't throw it last year. He didn't throw no, sliders. I know. Last year.
1: How could I? How could I be so wrong and not expect Andrew Heaney to learn a brand new pitch and I have elite command of it? Oh man,
2: <laughs> like you gotta be better. <laughs> So this happens and it's amazing I love it are you how many more starts would Heaney have to do somewhat similar to this before you're like okay this is this is Heaney now this is somebody. generally
1: right? the real answer is four straight starts of something that's
2: right but you did just say with
1: the, but no, no I have mine that is my rule but I think the data kind of shows four starts of it is like yeah um, so like generally you can get the
2: good enough idea after three but sometimes it does disappear after that yeah, and he's one of the biggest guys that went in fab over the the weekend, just everybody yeah. I think wanting to get it potentially get, a, a, I get a, it get it. Yeah, they they see uh, the change and you buy in early, but so um, the answer is no. You don't trust anyone in here. And I'm I'm with you on
1: that with the scuba of a 47 because he's close to it. That's why it's the velvet rope. I want to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we're you know, we're still getting there. And seeing him have that start with with more sliders is great and have, you know it was successful, wonderful. But there's also Hunter Green here. Hunter Green, yeah. I still, I don't fully trust that the fastball is all of a sudden this. You know, I know throws goes really hard. I saw the Z contact stat on, on Twitter today. I get it, but he still doesn't know where it's going, and it, it does bother me a lot. I, I I saw a good slider the first start, not as good as the second start. I don't know. I'm not I'm not totally on board with Hunter Green because I don't. When when the guy struggles that much, I think with command, it gets to me, and it, it means that I'm not ever going to feel as Solid about them. I mean, at least with Cease, like the slider is commanded well. The mm-hmm. other stuff isn't, so it's missing that little extra piece with me with Hunter Green. But hey, he's still top fifty because it's worth it to chase this stuff.
2: It really is, and you have to buy in on these guys early if, in your fantasy leagues because if you wait too long, they're going to get scooped up. So you have to take the chance to see if it plays out. Right. But uh, well, let's go to Tier Eight: Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman, Adam Wainwright, and Jordan Montgomery. It's a very short tier compared to the last one. So what are we calling this one? Uh, This one is Eeyore. Because they're like, oh, hi. You want some little
1: production? I can do that for you. (laughs) That's, I'm really sorry, everybody listening. I just did that. That's Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh um but yeah i mean duardo rodriguez i'm really really bad yeah i put you down here but it's honestly (laughs) my instinct was to initially have you here at the beginning of the year i got convinced and i I felt like i wasn't weighing the ceiling as much and all that fun stuff doesn't really seem like he's any different honestly so i said you know what i'd rather go and chase the fun stuff and stuff but otherwise i mean Strowman, wainwright jordan montgomery are pretty
2: much in the same spot
1: and they're gonna be fine you're gonna be happy with them on your 12 teamers
2: yeah, I agree. It's a very short, sweet tier that you kind of know what you're going to get with these guys. But in this next tier, tier nine, you got Nestor Cortez Jr., Kyle Wright, Noah Syndergaard, John Gray, Tanner Houck, Merrill Kelly, Reed Detmers, Nick Lodolo, and Aaron Ashby. I really like this tier. There's a lot of interesting arms. So what do you call this tier? And then we got to start talking about Nasty Nestor. <laughs> um, I
1: would say this is the... Uh... Um, The underdog team from like that county you didn't actually know existed. It's a very long tier name. Uh, (laughs) I mean, they're like the guys that like, oh, are they actually really good? Like you don't really know enough about them. And we're waiting to see more time for them to actually show their true colors. Uh, And we'll talk about Nasty Nestor because I was really undervaluing what he did last year. I kind of thought it was a bit of smoke and mirrors. It's kind of hard to see a guy throwing like 90-91 to have that kind of swing strike rate and... He relies a lot on command, but man, I watched all that Orioles game and the, he earned every single strikeout he got, you know? Um, so, yeah, if you are in a 12 teamer, you're going to get Nestor Cortez right now and you're going to ride this for as long as it goes.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, I was watching the game as well and he just looked unbelievable. Like, he was, it wasn't where he was like nibbling either. He was hitting his spots and he was every single time it was starting the, the count 01, 02. And then he was getting the Orioles to chase, especially if he has fastball riding up in the zone. And that 91, the way they were swinging, it made it look like it was like 97 because they were late every single time, yeah. just tipping it into the glove. Uh, I mean, that like you said, the command is great. He's got elite. His K percentage right now, obviously, top 3% in the league. It's a small sample <laughs> size. But he looks really good. And I think, like you said, the deception he did last year where he had to just kind of change up his delivery every time, to throw hitters off. I think people are like, that's something that's not going to stick, but he's not doing that as much this year. He's more relying on that command and his stuff. Mm. And uh, the Yankees need pitching. So if he's already starting out like this, even if he slows down some, it's not like they have a bunch of arms that are ready to overtake him in the rotation. Yeah.
1: I mean, David Garcia, a healthy Domingo Herman at some point, um, Luis Heal. Those are the ones, and maybe you could say Clark Schmidt. Um, coming back, but uh, yeah, it doesn't really feel like Nessa Cortez is going to lose that spot any, at any moment. Uh, so yeah, I had to respect the game. like he's, he's doing it and you know I was, I was way too down on him before. Uh, I had him on because I really liked him against the Orioles.
2: I didn't really love his first start, but that was yeah that was a fantastic start. What about Kyle Wright, who's had two back to back starts now where he's looked like a different pitcher. He is not really trusting the fastball like he did earlier and now he's kind of going a, a different type of approach. He looks like he could be finally living up to that prospect pedigree where he was the fifth pick just a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah. His uh, secondaries are really good. Uh, He threw a lot of changeups and curveballs for strikes in the start. His uh, his fastball is like a little bit erratic. Uh, And that's kind of the worry that we have with Kyle Wright is that he is more of a, uh, his command isn't quite what we want it to be, but that curveball has truly showed up. uh, And that's, it's, it's, it's a case where, like, yeah, you just go and get Kyle Wright, you know? Uh, that's why, like, you don't necessarily know if these are legitimate and you're wondering where they came from almost. Uh, you know, you have Merrill Kelly in here, too, and there's Reed Detmers and Nick Lodolo, and I love all these guys, like, as you mentioned. I mean, Noah Syndergaard, not as much, but he's also somebody, yeah, whatever. He is going to throw them out there, and hopefully it's just not too bad. Kind of same thing with Merrill Kelly. Um, but uh, I had to I had to give some negatives to can and Detmers. Um, yeah, because Hauk, well, Hauk isn't doing the thing you want. Uh, he's not throwing off strikes with a slider, and he's not getting the whistle you want from it. And he's still got somewhere to grow, yeah. Um, that's all, but I, I mean, I still think you should roster him. I, I think everyone should be re- rostering Reed Detmers. He pitched way better against Texas than the line suggests. Uh, I, that was not a guy that like was in distress or whatever, it just didn't go his way. Um, Aaron Bashby is in the rotation now, too, and he wasn't mm-hmm. as perfect. You know, it wasn't his best self against the Cardinals, but all right. It was good enough. He's going to get more starts though. He's number six. So sweet. Keep rolling him out there.
2: Do you think, I mean, he's probably not even used to, I know he's pitched bulk innings, but it's probably a whole different approach mentally to, to come out and start a game, which he yeah. hasn't really got a chance to do too much. Right. Yeah. Hopefully he develops that as well. Yeah. Then let's take a look now into tier 10. Ranger Suarez, Eric Lauer, Carlos Cookie Carrasco, <laughs> Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia, Jose Architi, Michael Lorenzen, and Bailey Ober. We've got some a, a nice mix of red and green in this tier. So what do we have for this tier? What are we calling it? Oh, no. Right. Um, I have to say things. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: I would say it's the mall. Like, you know, as, as a kid, as a, someone who grew up in Brooklyn, this is just my stereotypical understanding of the mall but you would be down to just hang out the mall. Do you don't know what you're going to get there that day, but that's just what you're supposed to do. And <laughs> you know, we're going to hang out the mall with these guys. Like I did this with Eric Lauer before tonight. Cause I saw him throwing like 94 and change in that first start. Didn't go his way, but I was like, Oh, if he holds that velocity, apparently tonight was 93.5. So it was a take harder than last year. And he had a good result. Like, okay, I'm kind of interested in Lauer in a lot of my leagues. Now I uh, Carlos Carrasco. It's been good ish. Like, the results are good. He also went against the Diamondbacks and didn't have a slider. The changeup was great. I believe it was eight or ten whiffs. can't remember exactly which one. But it's not like Carlos Carrasco is fully back either. He's just, you know, he's a little bit better, and that's that's good. But he's not some guy I'm just going to now roster and have the rest of the season. So you don't really know what you're going to get from some of these guys. But, yeah, you
2: know you should probably be hanging around them. Why no love for Rock and the Baby, Luis Garcia, minus 27 spots down Yeah, this list. Yeah,
1: I know. I, this is after his first start, and it just was confirmation of all my fears that I had in the preseason, which was he didn't throw a slider. Uh, his cutter actually was even worse than I thought. I thought that was the one saving grace of him, and that was bad. And it just—it did not look anything remotely like the Luis Garcia. And he only threw four innings. So I was thinking, okay, he gets another starts, probably go five. I hope he has the the repertoire uh, back. I'm um, just looking at tonight's results. I think it was much better. Yeah, uh, which is which is good. Seven strikeouts, but 300 runs and five point two. But no, that this is likely much better. I haven't seen what he threw, and I'll probably take a look at it after this. So that's good. And I probably will be raising him up next week. That's great. But. I found myself saying, "You know what? I'd rather chase this other stuff." There's a lot of things to chase, you know. There are a lot of really good, possibly team-defining pitchers out there, and I felt that Luis Garcia just wasn't
2: doing enough to justify holding on to him instead of the others. Yeah, tonight against the uh, Angels, he had 72 pitches, 12 whiffs on the 72 pitches. Did have a fee, a 56% CSW on his curveball. Uh, so no, so probably a lot of called strikes, but yeah, it looked like four called strikes on nine thrown.
1: I oh no oh no oh no <laughs> oh his cutter went one for ten CSW fifty percent strikes and slider eight percent thrown. This was a game of just four seamers, and he's throwing hard. Wow, actually that's pretty cool. He's throwing ninety five now yeah, instead of ninety three point three. miles an hour. So that's good. That's great. But it's, it's just a different pitcher then. You know, because it's Luis Garcia that you know was cutter slider killing it. Don't get destroyed on the fastball. This looks like someone I'm fastball first. 58% usage on four seamers. While the curveball was a supplementary get me over. And the slider was able to do something, but it was only six thrown. Yeah, this is a weird. This is weird. I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, it's guys. It's good that the boss is there. It's just, can you get the secondaries back, please?
2: Yeah. What did he so last year? How much did he throw his fastball? He threw his fastball forty four point seven percent of the time. Yeah. So it's, it's up. About, it's up a good amount this year. It's up pretty much thirteen percent. Yeah. Usage on that. I mean that. Yeah, that's how it was today. I mean, it's more of just like that. That's just
1: not the guy. <laughs> this is this is what we're used to at all, all I right. very strange he was five or five on change up strikes though i don't know if they're a good why i just see three of balls of balls in play but i don't know i'm still conflicted about luis garcia
2: and the one thing too he is his batting average right now against his fastball is just a 111 batting average but his expected batting average is 309 that's a huge discrepancy between oh man the two. yeah that's i mean dude his fastball last year was hit for a 301 batting average and a 298 expected batting average. So it was not a good pitch last year. And I mean, so if he's going to go heavy fastball, I'm with uh, that might kind of, I mean, the velocity might help, but yeah, that's not, doesn't look like his, the best use of his game, the best use yeah, of how he it, wants to, to pitch. It
1: feels, it feels wrong. I will say the slider. Oh no, no, never mind. I, uh, the cutter went down a velocity while the four seamer went up, which is kind of interesting. Uh yeah.
2: There's, so, there's some weird stuff going on with Luis Garcia. That's all very much so. Uh, let's take though, a look in now tier 11. Waskari Noah, Anthony Disclafani, Stephen Dormatz, Josiah <laughs> Gray, <laughs> Mackenzie Gore, Drew Rasmussen, Kyle Hendricks, Eliezer Hernandez, Zach Eflin, Cal Quantrill, and Aaron Savale. There's some um, young guns, there are some guys that look like they they pulled the old uh trickaroo on us or. Made us think the one thing and kind of bounce back in a different way here. Second time. What's the name of this tier? Uh, this is in honor of today's date
1: um, is the basketball shot into the mailbox uh, that Homer Simpson throws on tax day. I. <laughs> uh, it's essentially like the last chance. <laughs> uh, and that, that's the idea of this. These are the last ones that, are like, okay, if you're really trying to search for something that might be a pendulum swing in favor, like this is filled with those kind of guys. Like, Oscarino, if he gets a slider back um, without allowing home runs off his fastball. Then, okay. Now, Steven Matz, he's still, you know, it's, hey, it's a great defense and he recovered his last start. Josiah Gray's got amazing uh, whiff stuff. Mackenzie Gore, I know it's really only expect one more start from Mackenzie Gore with Clevenger coming back and Snell. Uh, Snell returning soon, and Manaya being effectively the sixth man. Then, uh, there's no room for Gore, Rasmussen, Maybe that's there. Eliezer Hernandez just had a great start. Like, this is your last chance uh, for those things,
2: yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And, uh, I mean, the one thing with Gore, though, it's kind of interesting if he goes out there and his next start goes seven innings, 10 strikeouts. you think they keep him around in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just like a long relief roll? Or like, at that point, can you send him down? Yeah, you
1: can. And they're going to have to, because they're going to have six starters, like six definitive starters. They're not going to kick out Nick Martinez. There's no chance. I don't think so, even after his shaky last outing. One outing? They just signed Nick Martinez with the full intent of getting as many frames as they can. Look, the Padres last year, Dealt with all of these injuries. They even started the season with two of them. Okay, not for a second are they going to do that to Nick Martinez? Like, I don't know what you do. You put him in long relief all of a sudden because you know you can't get sent sent out to the minors or something like that. Yeah. So like, no, they're going to send Mackenzie Gore back and then he's going to come up. Not to mention Mackenzie Gore. I mean, you're saying this hypothetical. I don't think he's going to do that. I. Uh, it was a fastball heavy game. Secondaries were not great And it, it made me a little hesitant uh, As I wrote the inconvenient truth by Gore As my roundup Like it, it's not It wasn't the overwhelming debut That we've seen from others And it doesn't make me too confident That Mackenzie
2: Gore is this guy You gotta hold on to right now And then there's also Kyle Hendricks Who looked great in his first start Not great in his second start I think he pitched today if I'm not mistaken too. Uh, off to check what he did today. I think he pitched against the Rays. But uh, what are your thoughts on Kyle Hendricks? Because for as good as he looked in his first start, he looked not too great in his second start. So I know we might go a little
1: bit long in this one, but we only have one more tier. I know it's a lot of people, but I yes. uh, But I know we've gone long. We had just the Mason. It was fine. <laughs> it was great. I, I forgot my own rule, and I can't believe it. I made up the Kyle Hendricks rule. I think I did back in 2020 when he had the stellar first start of the year and I had to push him up the list. And then he had an atrocity of a game. The second one. And I was like, right. The Kyle Hendricks rule. You cannot take the first start of the year seriously. And I fell for it again. I can't, I, I can't, I can't believe it. Um, he went to 4.1 innings, two and runs, five hits, two walks and six strikeouts. So, I mean, that's, whatever <laughs> that's one of the more forgettable yeah. starts you'll see this year from Kyle Hendricks. I, I i i don't know i think he's fine but it's gonna probably undulate through the year maybe we'll get into a nice little stretch he's not gonna destroy your team but he's not gonna make it either
2: yeah I, I think after the first start people were like not even talking about you nick i think people saw the change up and how well it was working in that oh, start. Yeah. And they are like, oh, he's back, and he it was seems thirteen like, whiffs on thirty three thrown. Yeah, he he just seems like to me, this is what he is now. He's going to be somebody that one start, seven innings, maybe like eight nine strikeouts, shutout ball, and then the next start, cherry bomb. I mean, is is he a cherry bomb at this point? Like, is that is that what he is? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's too. It's all.
1: I don't think it's that sweet to be a cherry bomb, and I don't expect it to be that
2: poor either. That's fair enough. All right, let's get to this last tier. You like you said, it's a lot of names. Herman Marquez, Corey Kluber, Paul Blackburn, Brad Keller, Marco Gonzalez, Jamison Tayon, Tony Gonsolin, Mitch Keller, Patrick Corbin, Zach Granke, Miles Michaelis, David Peterson, Madison Bumgarner, Carlos Hernandez, Michael Pineda, Justin Steele, Jordan Hicks, and Juan Adon. So the first guy I had to ask you about is Paul Blackburn, who is one of the top guys going in fab leagues right now. People were spending to go get him. Go ahead. Take the bow for Mr. Blackburn. No, no. What's the, uh, what's the name of this tier? Yes. What, what is the name of this
1: tier? It's it's, uh, I, I'm going to go with TLC. Cause don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the streams that you're used to. <laughs> and I, uh, this is, yeah, this is just like short term. Sure. Whatever. I was trying to hunt for some guys because I felt like I had to remove some because I didn't feel like he deserved to be here. Paul Blackburn, y'all, I don't know, man. Like, he's a Toby. Uh, Hopefully, it's a Vargas rule. (laughs) I loved the fact, I loved it, that he threw a first pitch curveball to start the game. Like, that's awesome. and That's a guy that knows what he has to do. Every single pitch matters for him. But this is not... This is not your like league winner or anything like that. Like he's gonna have a bad start, then you just get rid of him. You can Vargas rule him if you want. I, uh, I mean, a lot of these are just like one start McGees, you know. <laughs> and Justin Steele has Who's been Steele? Uh, a popular thing. I don't know. He did well in his first two starts in the most middling way, and it, you don't follow the JS
2: script. Like it, it, this isn't what you want to be doing. What about Patrick Corbin, who now is all the oh, way no. down on the list? To not, I, does he not even make the list probably next week? I mean, he only had two whiffs and two slider whiffs in each of his first two
1: starts. That's so low. And he, that, Patrick Corbin is not Patrick Corbin with that. He might easily. I mean, it's surprising to me that he has that few amount of whiffs on sliders in each of those games that it should correct itself. But as of right now, yeah, we're not going to
2: chase those. Yeah, he's just looked pretty washed to me. I don't know what at this point. I mean, the velocity. I have to look to see if the velocity is still there. I think it's still like ninety-two. It's like ninety-one. Yeah, it's just it's just. Uh, I'm not going for this. Yeah, he. That's it. And then Miles Michael is making a nice return here. He, he's somebody that I think people forget about just because he missed so much time over the last couple mm. of seasons. But he was effective when he was out there a few years ago. It's somebody that I, I you know. People might not have drafted that could be just drifting out there. See somebody that you would try to pick up on your team, or you're more just streaming him as well. This is just about
1: who he faces, and with that amazing uh, Cardinals defense behind him, he's just struck out seven. What you struck out seven, Michael? You're not supposed to do that. You're not allowed. No, did it? I thought they told you that you could not do that. Uh, so I'm glad to see him actually do that for a change, and he gets Miami. This week, and then would get the Mets uh, to start next week. So there's something to consider about that. And I would imagine Michaelis could, in uh, the, the second time, come through in this start against the Mar- Marlins. He didn't before, but the second time, I, I hope he can. And she's he, worth a consideration.
2: So I have to call you out on something because. Please do. You said that this top 100 needed to be for starting pitchers, correct? Yes. Who do I have on here that's not? Is Jordan Hicks had
1: actually had a start this year yet? He's technically getting stretched out, so they used an opener, and he's slated to start on Thursday. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, he said he's pitched in two games this year.
2: Four and innings. there was
1: one he followed, Dakota Hudson, um, and another, it was because of a rainout, he didn't get the other one, and he got pushed. There's something along those lines. He starts on Thursday. He's in their rotation, technically.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very interesting that they're actually going to use him that way. Yeah, I don't it's love it. <laughs> two, two innings and in both starts. He's he's not the type of guy I sense is a starter, somebody that can throw that hard and not get hurt. for that. Yeah,
1: I, I also don't think that his repertoire is deep enough. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I'm curious to see. I want to see five innings of Jordan Hicks and what that looks like.
2: Uh, but I'm not ready to tell you that's gonna be good. No. I I I'm that's gonna be something I'm gonna watch. I'm assuming he'll probably not go a full five innings in his first start. Maybe he'll go like three or four. Like you said, as yeah. keeps getting stretched out, but I mean he's like at thirty pitches now, so it's gonna take some time. Yeah. Well, on that note, that's gonna do it for episode three twenty of On the Corner. I'm your host, David Bendelson. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.